Basketball Insider. Some news and notes from around the world of college basketball. In-studio correspondent for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. Attention please to John Rothstein. Please report to St. The Insider's Insider. Joining us now with his thoughts and a break it down, John Rothstein. It's College Hoops Today with John Rothstein. Let's put the one in the children of bed and go looking for dinner. John Rothstein here on the College Hoops Today podcast. Later in this show, we'll be joined by Marquette head coach Shaka Smart. Want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product. We're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms. And also check out collegehoopstoday.com for more insight, podcasts, and written content. And also send me your questions on Twitter. I'm at John Rothstein. That's John, J-O-N. And I want to let you know that today's episode of the College Hoops Today podcast being sponsored by Geico. Do you want to rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you're already you have so much to do around your home go to geico.com get a quote see how much you could save it's geico easy visit geico.com today that's geico.com so big news in college basketball over the weekend former kentucky commit nolan hickman five-star point guard one of the top floor generals in the 2021 class announced a commitment to Gonzaga. He is signed with the Bulldogs. This is a major, major addition to Mark Few's team because now if you're Gonzaga, you lose Jalen Suggs, you lose Joel Ayayi, you lose Corey Kispert, but at the same time, you are in position now to put out a starting five as long as Drew Timmy comes back to school, which from everything I'm gathering, he definitely will. You could have Nolan Hickman, five-star point guard, Andrew Nemhard, a sturdy veteran who was a starter on last year's team that won 31-1, lost the Baylor in the national title game. Five-star combo guard Hunter Salas, Chet Holmgren, the potential number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft, and also Drew Timmy, who would be, in my opinion, the preseason national player of the year if he returns to school. To me right now, Gonzaga is the number one team in college basketball entering next season, and we have a clear top three, Gonzaga, UCLA, and Villanova. And again, you can see all my rankings and all my written insight on collegehoopstoday.com. Now, one team that is going to be endeavoring to get to the top of their conference next year is Marquette. Marquette never won an NCAA tournament game under Steve Wojciechowski. Shock as smart as a Wisconsin native. This is his third head coaching position. He was the head coach at VCU. He was the head coach at Texas. Led the Rams to the Final Four in 2011. Led Texas to a Big 12 tournament title last year. Where will Marquette land in the Big East under Shock as smart? And why did Shock as smart choose to make the jump from Texas to Marquette? had an opportunity to go to Marquette a couple years ago from VCU. He didn't take it. We'll find out when Shaka Smart joins the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein coming up next. (laughs) 
Shaka Smart is a native of the state of Wisconsin. He is back in his home state. He is now a head coach in the Big East and the aforementioned head coach. Now joins the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Shaka, how good is it to be back in your home state? It's great. Great place to be. Uh, best thing about it, obviously, is uh, being real close to mom. I've uh, been a long way away from her for quite some time, so being an hour uh, down the road from her is great. And, uh, you know, equally as important, Marquette's a phenomenal place. You know, it's a basketball-centric place and a uh, place with a phenomenal history and a lot of passion for the game. And it's terrific to be here. You know, Shaka, you talked about obviously working and living in close proximity to your mother, somebody who you haven't been close to for the majority of your coaching career. Did the opportunity to spend more time with your family during the pandemic give not just you, but all coaches a new perspective on work-life balance, considering that the scale is always tilted to the profession? That's a great point, John. I think that it, it definitely gave coaches a lot of perspective everybody probably looked at it a little bit differently as it related to family or, or, or work-life balance um, I've always been a believer that you're probably not going to have great balance if you're doing a job like this and, and ours is not the only job I mean yours is probably similar and there's other professions where you're going to spend more time with the people you're working with than you are with your own family but it was just a unique situation where because of the dead period, because of, you know, no travel for games for quite some time, literally had a chance, you know, in my case, to, to see my wife and daughter every single day. Um, and, you know, particularly, you know, with kids, um, you know, that's just a unique, unique opportunity when you're a coach. Well, your perspective on your family obviously was given obviously new light thanks to the pandemic, one of the blessings of the pandemic. But now, obviously, your perspective obviously stays on your family but switches to a new basketball program. I'm curious, though, as a Wisconsin native, what was your perception of Marquette's program before you took this job a couple of months ago? Well, you know what? My perception was actually more shaped by a couple of good friends of mine that worked here on the basketball staff previously than really by me being in the state for the first 18 years of my life. Because as you know, when you get into coaching, you come to realize that uh, before you were in coaching, you really knew very little about the inner workings uh, of how basketball programs are run and how they operate. Um, But, you know, working with Darren Horn uh, on our staff at Texas for four years, and then also Denny Kuyper, who I know you've met, and he's yep. a good friend of mine. Both of those guys were part of Coach Crean's staffs here uh, at Marquette, including the 2003 Final Four team. And so over the years, just listening to those guys describe Marquette, describe the fans, describe the the environment here, um, you know, the, the school, the uh, arena, although we have a new one uh, that opened up five serve in 2018, which is second to none. Um it's been pretty cool, like, getting to know the program through them. So I, I felt like coming in here, I had a pretty good sense for what this place was like. Well, you mentioned the home court advantage, and serve. everybody says, is, you know, as good as there is in college basketball. You had an unbelievable home court advantage at VCU. And, you know, I can say this to you now. When you were at Texas, it felt like you were coaching games in a library. 
because of the lack of support that you got when you were at Texas. How do you think that Pfizer Forum will be compared to the past two home court advantages that you've had? That's going to be exciting to see, John. Obviously, I think for everyone, uh, as this p- pandemic continues to evolve and, and hopefully comes to an end at some point, um, you know, hopefully we can get back to the opportunity at least to have 100% capacity. Um, the difference between Pfizer Forum and the Siegel Center at VCU, the biggest difference is size. Uh, Siegel Center sat, you know, just under 8,000 people. And Pfizer, uh, actually, the capacity is, is more than 10,000, more than that. Um, you mentioned Texas. We actually had a new arena coming there. There'll be a new arena starting, I think, in about a year. Um, I think that will really change the dynamic there in terms of home court atmosphere. But certainly, uh, our arena there was was certainly not ideal. It was study um, hall. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> but here, you know, I, I think the thing that's that's most exciting is, and I've been over there a couple times for Bucks games. Right. Um, I think just the fact that the arena is um, so incredibly new and state-of-the-art and built for basketball. I mean, it, it is it is a, a great place to go watch a basketball game, um, you know, from, from any vantage point in there. And so our job is to create what we had at VCU, which was um, just this unbelievable synergy between the fans and the players. Uh, you could feel it. Uh, to use your word, it was palpable. I mean, it was every day, every game. Uh, there was a relationship there between the guys on the floor and the people that came to watch us play. And, and I think any great home court advantage has that. Marquette head coach Shaka Smart joined the College of Today podcast with John Rothstein. Well, you'd use the word palpable. That would be the word that I was used to describe the roller coaster that you went through in March in terms of emotions. You have a professional high when you win the Big 12 tournament title. Then you have a very tough loss to Abilene Christian maybe a week or so later in the NCAA tournament. And then a couple days after that, you leave Texas to become the head coach at Marquette. What was it like going through all that? Well, you know, March in our profession is typically going to be a month of, uh, you know, ups and downs or, or, or a roller coaster. Um, you know, <laughs> my favorite March ever uh, in coaching was 2011. Um, yeah. But even that year, uh, we lost in the conference championship game. And it was, you know, anytime you lose in a postseason, uh, well, I don't know if other coaches feel this way. I would guess most do. It's just, it, it feels like just a devastating <laughs> loss. And, um, you know, it feels like the end of the world, even though it's not. Um, so for us this past March, it was just unique. I mean, if you remember, um, we we played our last four regular season games on the road just because right. of, the you know the craziness with the pandemic and games getting canceled. It just so happened that all the games that we had rescheduled were road games, and so we went on the road for our last four games. Um, I think between the beginning of March and the time we got back from the NCAA tournament bubble, our guys had been in their own beds for if it was either one or two nights in the whole month of March. Um, so you, you have that, and then you know being able to. To win the Big 12 tournament in, in Kansas City, which had never been done in program history, was 
was a ton of fun. Um, and just getting a chance. I mean, anytime you can watch your guys cut down the nets uh, and just kind of stand back and, and watch those guys and it flashes past the front of your the front of your brain all the twists and turns you've been through. Um, this is pretty awesome. Uh, but then, as you mentioned, the just the heartbreaking experience of losing in the NCAA tournament, which we weren't the only ones. There's a lot of, you know, folks that, um, you know, went through that, and, and that was really, really tough. And, um, you know, for me, when we got back, um, you know, when the market opportunity did come about or potential opportunity, it was just it was just really exciting. And, you know, I've always kind of used that as a gauge, you know, for myself and my family, um, just that first, that initial feeling of, you know, how excited are you about this? And uh, it was something for us that, that really, really uh, struck us as, as, as a great opportunity. And Marquette, anybody will tell you in this business, is one of the programs in college basketball across the country that values basketball above all else. I know Texas was a great learning experience for you, but I'm curious, were there times during your tenure at Texas that you yearned to get back to a basketball-centric program like you had when you were at VCU? Well, you know, I think, John, the biggest thing for me, you know this about me, uh, is I always try to be in the moment. So when I was at Texas, I was at Texas. I was in the moment of of trying to help those guys, uh, trying to build our program, um, we had a lot of really, really good experiences there and, and some, some terrific highs. We had some tough luck. Uh, we had some, some, some challenges, you know, probably the biggest one being Andrew Jones getting leukemia and, and, and you know, going through that whole process and so grateful and, and happy that, you know, he's come out on the other side, not just, um, you know, from a basketball standpoint, but just as a person uh, beating that disease. Um, so, Really, when I was there, it was it was about being the best we could be there, and I'm so fortunate of that, you know, to, to have gone through that experience, and for my family too as well. Well, now you're moving towards obviously not just a program that's going to put its sole focus on basketball, but also a league that is a basketball-driven league. What is it like now to be a part of the Big East in a league again, whose main focus and main priority is college basketball? I'm excited about it. I mean, I've, I always follow the Big East, and, you know, it's it's a league that, um, you know, basketball-wise over the years, and obviously the league's been through twists and turns, um, but certainly hasn't taken a backseat to anyone. And as you mentioned, the, the league and the leadership of the league has done a terrific job with, with promoting basketball. And I, I think um, – you know, Fox Sports has done a, a terrific job as well. Um, and the partners at Fox uh, have taken a lot of pride in the way that they've presented this league, not just the games and, and not just the, the outcomes of the games, but also the, the backstories behind the, the kids and coaches that make up this conference. Marquette head coach Shaka Smart joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. You know, Shaka, it's an interesting time now in college sports and college basketball because for new coaches, you're trying obviously to lay your foundation to establish your quote-unquote culture, but there's so many things in flux right now because of the pandemic, because of certain dates on the calendar. Are we at a point right now where when 
where when you're taking over or leading a program, you need to obviously be mindful of at the end of your run achieving team goals, but also balancing that with coaching young men who are playing the sport because they individually want to aspire to achieve certain things individually. Absolutely, John. I think that's coaching in 2021. Uh, you know, I think any coach will tell you a big part of our job is balancing team and individual goals. And, you know, the days are over, if there ever was any, where, you know, you – you know, players or, or individuals on the team, um, you know, are expected to take their individual goals and throw them away. It's not realistic, um, and it's it's just not the time that we live in. It's a fascinating sport in that, obviously, the best team wins, and it is, you know, in, in so many ways a consummate team sport. But in, in many, many other ways, it is viewed from the perspective of the individual, starting in the NBA, Right. And, you know, that's the, the level that, that, that all these kids aspire to be at and, and that all of us, players, coaches, fans, follow more than any other level. Um, you know, I think sometimes in college basketball we, we, we feel like, you know, we, we kind of get caught up in what we're doing and maybe we think that this is the center of the universe. But the interest level in the NBA compared to college basketball is night and day. And uh, particularly when you're talking about the demographic of – guys that we're coaching um, and that's their goal so I think part of our job is to help them understand how to play the starring role in their own development and success because as Billy used to say to guys when I worked for him at Florida I do not have magic pixie dust that I can sprinkle on you to turn you into an NBA player um, and one of the components that does go into uh, you know guys reaching their individual goals is being a part of team success and helping create team success. You know, look at the guys at Baylor. Um, you know, we've known in the Big 12 that Mitchell is a phenomenal guard, um, but it took him leading them to the national championship to get himself in the conversation to be picked in the first half of the first round of the NBA draft. You know, you referenced your former boss, Billy Donovan, there for a minute, who is now the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. When did he use that example and that line about obviously sprinkling pixie dust on someone to make them an NBA player? What was that in reference to? Well, uh, Coach, he, he had had a run of bigs at Florida. I mean, you remember some of the names, sure. David Lee, Joe Kim Noah, Al Horford, um, but it was several guys. Um that had, you know, gone to Florida um, and, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, overachieved um, and then gone on to, to have NBA success. And so one thing about Billy, I mean, he, the, the, the mental side of the game is always so important to him. He did not want kids coming in there from a recruiting standpoint thinking that, well, if I sign to Florida and I just show up, then the rest will just kind of happen for me. He wanted them to understand. Um, and again, he didn't put it this way. This is kind of the way I put it with guys. But you, you have to play the starring role in your own development and success. Right. Um, so he, he, he would use that line about pixie dust just to make it clear to guys that, hey, you're going to have to do what it takes uh, to make it to that level. 
Well, you're going to go through that now with several players at Marquette, and I know that you know we're still obviously looking at a moving target in terms of a clear-cut picture of what your roster is going to look like next year, but what are your early impressions of the roster that you are going to get a chance to lead next year into the Big East at Marquette? Well, as you mentioned, John, it's it's still uh, fluid, still moving. We we're excited about the you know the progress that we've made on the roster since um, early April. Uh, but you know this is a off season unlike any other, just because of the adjustment with tr- the, the transfer rules and then also the additional year because of COVID. So. Uh, you know, I think you're going to see uh, a bunch of programs that have continued roster movement, um, you know, over the next probably month and a half. Um, you know, for us, we're pretty excited about where we are right now. We've got a bunch of new guys coming in here, some freshmen, some transfers. Um, you know, we, 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 we like the guys that we have coming back. Um, the thing that's going to be fascinating, and we're not the only ones in this boat, is when you have so many new players – and then when, as a coaching staff, you're new to all the players, uh, how quickly can you build relationships as a basketball program that's coach and player, that's player and player, uh, that's the coaches that haven't worked together before? Uh, and that's, to be honest with you, that's the part I like the most, you know, is just that relationship part and, and trying to, to help guys take the next step. So that's what this summer is all about. Well, one of those players, obviously, you may have a chance to take into battle next year in the Big East is Dawson Garcia, who's you know going through the NBA draft draft process, but had a spectacular freshman season last year at Marquette. When you obviously are planning for next season, do you anticipate him being a part of the team? Well, John, we're going to support Dawson as he goes through the NBA draft process, and he and his family have been just tremendous with communication about. Um, you know, kind of where they are uh, every step of the way. As you know, the NBA draft is a whole month later than normal, yeah. so that pushes the process, you know, a whole month later. And so it's mid-May, but, you know, for a lot of these guys that are testing the waters, uh, they're still, you know, over a month and a half before they have to make their final decision. And, they're still gathering information. I mean, that's kind of why this process was put into place is for them to get as accurate and as up-to-date of information as they possibly can. Um, You know, I've gotten a chance to be around Dawson some, and, um, you know, the one thing that struck me about him above all else is his work ethic. I mean, he is in the gym. If you don't know where Dawson is, you you got a pretty good idea that he's going to be in, he's in the gym. And, uh, you know, that's, something that bodes well for his future whether it's here or whether it's at the next level as he loves to work is there anybody else that's you know piqued your uh piqued your eye so to speak you know in the workouts that you've done with your team yet well i think justin lewis obviously is a guy that uh, has a ton of potential uh and I, i've really enjoyed getting to know him as a kid uh, you know he's got a really good way about him he has uh, he's very, very thoughtful, uh, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, from the city of Baltimore and did a lot of winning as a young kid in high school, um, had some terrific moments here as a freshman, but also went through, you know, the ups and downs of a freshman year, like, like all other 
you know, first year guys do. Uh, but I think he's got, you know, tremendous potential, John. And I think, you know, like some of the guys that, you know, we had at Texas and had at VCU, part of my job is going to be to get him and, and our other young players to understand that your development as a person and, you know, the the competitive character that you build um, on and off the floor is just as important to, you know, reaching those basketball goals as, you know, getting better at things like free throw shooting or ball handling. Well, Shaka, you know, I know that there's still a lot in flux, and I know that obviously your personnel could obviously be in flux as well between now and when you really get your roster set for the start of the season. But regardless of personnel, what are the biggest things you hope to accomplish in your first year? Culture. Yeah, just kind of building who we are. You know, to me, everybody throws around that word. um, And, you know, I think it's important for guys that that stuff gets defined. So it's, for us, it's just how we act, interact, and respond. That's it. You know, that's that's kind of what your culture is. And then the three things that impact your culture are, most importantly, who you bring in to your organization. Um, secondly, what you promote. And then thirdly, what you accept. And so one of the cool things about being new as a coaching staff is, you know, we, we, we get to – make some decisions with those three things. You know, who do we bring in? What do we promote? And what do we accept? And as you know, and as we all know, in college basketball, that stuff is never perfect. It never, you know, fits into a nice little box. Uh, it's it's always dynamic and changing. Um, but it's really exciting. And it's, it's fun to get a chance to work with guys who um, decide that they have a common goal and want to do something special together. Well, final thing, and I think this has maybe, you know, been the most ignored part of every interview you've done since you've gotten the Marquette job, but it needs to be addressed. You are now stepping back into a program that values basketball much like VCU did, but the question is, when you coach your first game at Marquette, will you have a shaved head again? (laughs) I was waiting on this ignored question. Uh, You know, Actually, Cody from our staff asked me that same thing yesterday. Um, it's one of those things that other people think about a lot more than me. So, I, you know, I'm pretty impressionable with, with stuff like that, John. So, um, you know, whatever Maya and uh, and Zora, my wife and daughter, tell me they want me to do, I'll do. Um, you know, some people have strong opinions. My high school coach was like, man, you you, you got to cut it because you look more fierce that way. Um I don't really take it that seriously, but we'll figure it out, man. Whatever it is, on November 9th, we'll be excited and ready to go. Well, congratulations on the job, Shaka. Happy for you. Hope to visit in Milwaukee at some point soon, and I appreciate a couple of minutes. I know how busy you are. Well, we got to get you out here because uh, I know you like cheese, and there's no better place for that. So, um, you know, between the basketball and the food, uh, it's, it's got to become a must destination for you. You know, it's amazing. The last time I was at Marquette, I remember I was like parking for the day or whatever. I was going from in between Marquette and Wisconsin. And you can park in Milwaukee in the, for the day for like $6. Yeah, a little different than New York, John. A little bit different than New York. A little bit different than New York. $6 can't get you a drink in New York. I don't know if six times three can get you a drink in New York anyway. But uh, look forward to visiting with you and uh, continued success on the recruiting trail. Thank you, John. <laughs> 
We'd like to thank Marquette head coach Shaka Smart for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like, give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms and check out collegehoopstoday.com for more podcast content as well as more written content throughout the week throughout the year where again we are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year and time now for our social media portion of the college hoops today podcast send me your questions on twitter i'm at john rothstein that's john j-o-n and our first question comes from zachary Ugardi, and it's john as far as mid-major conferences who do you see near the top next year well in addition to obviously gonzaga being an outstanding team Next year in the WCC, St. Mary's brings back a very strong nucleus. BYU is always tough. And keep an eye on Loyola Marymount under Stan Johnson. That is a program on the the rise on the West Coast. Meanwhile, our next question is going to be from Gregory Rufiner. As John, could Gonzaga go wire to wire number one again this coming season? Look, anything is possible. Gonzaga is going to play a very difficult non-conference schedule. They have a road game at Texas. They're in the Empire classic at Madison Square Garden with Providence, Louisville, and Oklahoma State. They also are going to be in a very, very big neutral site game against Duke on Black Friday in Las Vegas. That's a day after Thanksgiving. So Gonzaga, as I said at the top, you know, to me, part of three teams, Gonzaga, UCLA, and Villanova, that have separated from the rest when it comes to incoming expectations next year in college basketball. But, you know, a lot's going to depend, obviously, on what happens on the NBA draft process. The NCAA withdrawal deadline for undergraduates who wish to return to college is July the 7th. That is a big date to keep in mind for college basketball fans. And Five Good Nuggets this week is being brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know it's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with auto policy. It's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Now, let's get to those nuggets. Five good nuggets. Five. Five. Six. No, five. But you were close. Nugget number one, an ode to the Hall. First of all, congratulations to this weekend's class at the Naismith Hall of Fame. And also want to congratulate the 2021 class that was announced on Sunday. Villanova head coach Jay Wright going in, as well as a close personal friend of mine, Howard Garfinkel, the co-founder of Five Star Basketball. The late Howard Garfinkel passed away in 2016. I'm thrilled to see him get this honor, as well as Jay Wright, obviously a recurring guest here on the College Hoops Today podcast. Nugget number two, an impact edition, Texas Tech landed Florida State transfer Shadar Calhoun over the weekend. The Red Raiders still have Mac McClung and Terrence Shannon Jr. going through the NBA draft process. But with that said, I look at Texas Tech with Calhoun, with Jabuzu Agbo, Kevin McCuller, Marco Santa Silva. I know they're waiting on a couple of big decisions, but there is enough here for Mark Adams to get the Red Raiders into the NCAA tournament next season. Nugget number three, Milwaukee's best. Patrick Baldwin Jr., the son of Milwaukee head coach Patrick 
Baldwin Sr. committed to play for his father at Milwaukee last week. This is a huge national story, a story that will resonate all season long in the Horizon League. How good is Patrick Baldwin Jr.? Patrick Baldwin Jr., one NBA scout to me, is very comparable to Michael Porter Jr. coming out of high school. Think about Michael Porter Jr. in the Horizon League. That would be appointment television. Nugget number five, Stewart Stalls, Mississippi State. A blow for Mississippi State last week as DJ Stewart opted to sign with an agent and remain in the 2021 NBA draft. He was definitely an all-conference caliber player. Bulldogs have to bounce back if they want to finish in the top half of what is no doubt an improved SEC conference next year. Nugget number five, last year's transfers by the numbers. The transfers last season that went from a high major school to a high major school saw an increase of 24% in points per game. Mid-major transfers who went to a high major school saw a decrease in 54% in points per game. And a high major player who went to a mid-major school saw an increase of 21% in points per game. So those are last year's transfers for 2020 by the numbers. We'd like to thank Marquette head coach Shaka Smart for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. This was the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. (laughs) 